Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yahoo Finance presents It's a Jungle Out There, the podcast where we take a wild approach to work and management. Oh, dogs. Apart from being man's best friend, they could also be considered as an ideal employee. Maybe that's why it's widely known that all doggos are good doggos. They're loyal, hardworking, and will also do what they can to make you happy. But at the same time, they're very aware about taking care of themselves and will tell you when they need a rest. So what's their secret? I'm Leanna Brinded, and this week we unpack what we can learn from dogs in being a star worker, but at the same time taking care of ourselves. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Joining me today are some really awesome guests. We've got James Ball, who has written for The Guardian, WikiLeaks, BuzzFeed, The New European and The Washington Post. And is the author of three books and among other awards was a member of The Guardian team, which won the Pulitzer Prize for Investigative Journalism. Hello. Hi there. And we've also got the awesome Rosie Spinks, who's a travel and lifestyle reporter and a wellness expert for the lifestyle and culture website Quartzy, and who's also been seen and heard across The Guardian, Vice, NPR, The Pool and many others, and is also the human manifestation of the 100 emoji. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us. I'm not sure that last part is true, but thanks it, for having me. It is so true, everyone. Just if you, if you get the chance to meet her, you have to. Um, but it's great having you both here because we've got some really juicy topics to talk about. Um, We're talking about dogs and what we can surmise from office politics and wellness, because there's a lot that we can definitely learn from man's best friend. I mean, all doggos are good doggos, I suppose, but they're loyal and eager to please to get the job done. Um, But at the same time, they let you know when they need a break. So I mean, really, first up, do you like dogs? Yes, best office I ever worked in had four or five office dogs and bees. Office bees too. Bees, yeah. Really? It was Greenpeace. It was quite. <laughs> oh, okay, it was okay. Quite, quite you can eco. Bury the lead there. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. I would go so far as to say I'm skeptical of anyone that doesn't like dogs. I think that's fair. They yeah. are all monsters, unless they're allergic. You get a pass. Yeah. Still though, I, I still when people say they're allergic as well, I'm just <laughs> like, are you really, or do you just not like dogs? And that's an excuse. Just hold a dog in their face and test it. Exactly. When it comes to dogs as well, they're so eager to please that sometimes I do feel like when it comes to um, in, you know, the office space that, you know, sometimes I have felt like a dog, you know, it's like you keep having to work and work and work and you have to keep going. And sometimes, you know, like with dogs, they get a bad rap. They still get, you know, things happening in the office, things that are a bit annoying and you just take it and you're still smiling, still wagging your tail. You're still getting on with it. I mean... When it comes to office politics, I mean, what's the what's the worst that you've felt like you've had to deal with? I suppose. Um, I mean, I guess I guess the thing with reporting is you sort of 
I never had hours. I sort of, because I wasn't breaking news, it's not that you're in at 10 and off at six. So I genuinely once got a call at 2 a.m. from the editor uh, on a Saturday night uh, asking me what I thought of the Mail on Sunday front page and how we should respond. Funnily enough, I hadn't seen the Mail on Sunday front page <laughs> at 2 a.m. And instead of kind of responding with, why on earth are you calling me at this hour? Why would you think I'd ever seen that? You know, are you insane? Why could this not wait till 7am? I'm immediately sort of flailing out of bed, flanneling, trying to cover and bring up the front page of the mail on Sunday so that I can offer from being asleep an analysis of it. You do sort of realise it, it kicks your brain in. But for me, it only works if I think the job's important or the thing that I'm being bothered about is. I guess, you know, I'm not really an office dog. Um, yeah. So, you know, I am sometimes, you know, you get very eager to please. But, you know, I'm more like a cat, you know, very happy one moment and then I've got to swat you in the face. <laughs> Well, that's uh, kind metaphorically, of the no violence in the workplace. <laughs> Again, no assing people. Yeah, I, I think um, with a lot of people's jobs, certainly being a breaking news reporter like James, um, but in a, a lot of contexts, work never feels done anymore. And in that way, we can all turn into dogs that will just keep playing fetch and still, until you stop throwing the ball. Uh, but I do think what, what dogs tend to do well is sort of make their needs known when as you said when you if you think about what dogs do they sort of they start panting they dig their heels and my dog my parents dogs will just plop down and stop moving which i think is a, a move we should all adopt that is personally. the best dog rebellion yeah. isn't it they just um, flop. or if you have pugs they do that all the time anyway <laughs> and obviously as employees we we can't necessarily do that but i do think we can it's helpful to sort of communicate your needs to your manager ahead of time and say, hey, if I'm really overworked, I tend to get migraines or I um, get really bad anxiety and I want to give you a heads up. So if that's going on, if I'm in that space, I can tell you. And then you're sort of setting up a context um, beforehand and not when you're in crisis or about to have a nervous breakdown or what have you. I feel like, I mean, that's that's like a real crux of it, because where do you, you know, where's that point when you stop? Because, I mean, in the office, especially when you have to, um, you know, it's seen as a badge of honour when you don't stop going, right? And especially if we're in um, a reporting field or jobs that don't have a nine to five. It's so easy to be constantly on the go. And that's actually lauded as like, hey, you're doing great. But then for a boss to then go, ah, you know, you can calm down. It's like, really? Can you? Mm. But like... But I think what's important to realize in the context of the topic of this episode is that's not really working for the vast majority of workers, right? I mean, mm. it's not as though we all feel great and don't have lower back pain from sitting all the time and don't have <laughs> anxiety <laughs> and lack of time to do what we want to do. So being a being trying to exe exceed or excel in that system is something you might want to ask yourself why you're doing, I think. Like ours culture is really toxic for anyone because it sort of just means mm. you stop valuing time mm. and that actually makes your work worse. Like it makes the experience crummier. It makes the output crummier. If you like actually restrict employees to 40 hours a week and like places mm. try and do this. And so once you hit it, they're out, they're yeah. gone, they're not available. Managers as well as employees have much less tolerance for crappy sorry, shouldn't say, for like pointless <laughs> meetings um, because they know that's using time that can fill something else. People sort of get a little bit less, you know, I can remember, I don't go into an office very often anymore, only a day or two a week, but you get in and you get a little snack, you make your cup of coffee, you have a chat while you're doing that, you know that there's a meeting half an hour after you begin, so it's not really then worth starting anything. And so you might get in the office at eight 
and not really sit down to work till half nine. And I don't think that's that unusual. I'm not that lazy a worker. But you just do little pointless bits until then. And so because we don't value our time, because we expand into the evenings, because we all sort of take work home, we end up actually working rubbishly. And so, mm. like, the more we can move away from an hours culture, you know, it should be cool to be in after your boss and be home before them. Right. It should not be a merit to work longer hours than your boss. And frankly, bosses who look out for that in their employees might not be doing it very well. Right. Yeah. And I think I totally agree. And I also think even if you're not in an hours job, if you're in a creative profession or you're a freelance or whatever, um, in, a, in a profession maybe where your output is a reflection of, of who you are, if your byline's on or your name's on it, um, it's 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 also works against your interests then too you know we're not machines we're not robots we cannot work constantly and um earlier this year for the purposes of journalism i'll have you know i hired a life coach off of instagram and um it was a very interesting exercise but one thing one really concrete thing that she helped me see was that um you know i it's so important to me to do good work but my insistence on checking slack after hours or looking at email on sunday was not helping me do good work it was making me feel crazy and like I'm on the internet all the time, which as everyone in this room, I'm sure agrees is a terrible way to feel. So, um, you know, she, she said by putting these boundaries, you're not saying no to work. You're making space for your work to be better and your productivity and creativity and all those things to be, improve. I think, I think when you don't work something with hours, I mean, I work freelance mainly now. Sometimes there's places that get quite a good natural rhythm to it. Um, Mm. So it's not always the healthiest thing, but I used to work in sort of TV current affairs. And so you're making sort of half hour or hour long documentaries. And they've got a really interesting cycle because the deadline comes up. You've got a transmission date. You can't miss it. And so you get this amp up in like a 10 week cycle where you'll sort of have a fairly relaxed early week. You're in development. You're researching out, you sort of might work it less than your usual office hours, you'll have lunches, it'll be nice and chilled. Then you start to realise, oh, we've got to get shooting and you sort of out and those are quite long days. And then it amps up even more for the edit and you're sort of working 12 hour days, sort of really pushing for it. And then it's out and you celebrate, you have a week off and then you're back at the early bit of the cycle again. That's like the apex of sweetness right there. It's just that moment when it's all finished. It's the yeah. longest time till the next time, right? But, you know, it's sort of, it's quite a cyclical thing. And so you're not, there is this understanding that yes, sometimes you're going to be doing a really long, really stressful week and everyone, and you know, anyone who's been through an edit knows you're snarling at everyone around you by the end of it. You know, someone can sweetly offer you a cup of tea and it's, I hope you die. Um, <laughs> Um, but sort of you know you know that afterwards as well it's all just the stress of it you know it's all lovely again soon as it's out um but I think other places other fields sort of almost try and do that amp up all the time and that's where you burn out that's where you get miserable and so trying to build in if you can't do fixed hours sort of trying to build in sort of pauses for breath after an intense thing is really like critical or you go mad. Yeah, I mean like the the health aspect is the huge thing and you know I think like you know when we think about like dogs and they have that break time they always get their sleep Mm. you know things like that and I think like for me one you know it's taken me years and years to, well, I mean, I'm trying to change. This hasn't happened yet. I still sleep very, very little, but I am at least aware of how bad that is for my health. So, you know. Yeah, no, um, I but mean, you know, it, our, our dog back home would sort of most days, he'd do 15 miles as a walk at running pace, like chasing a bike. Well, goals. So like, you know, he'll, <laughs> he'll go for it, but 
he can be damn sure he'll get in, flop over in his basket. He's going <laughs> to sleep for two hours after. <laughs> yeah, when am I like parent... jogging in his sleep? But you know, one of my parents' dogs is um, she's my hero, and she, my dad, will come downstairs, open the the back door, try and get the dogs out, and she just won't get up. She's like, yeah, I'm 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 not done yet. I'm still <laughs> resting. <laughs> oh, that's so pure. I mean, that's the thing with all of this is that we talk about, I mean, it's just so normal to be distressed. It is so normal to get unhealthy. And still, even though I'm aware that there's meant to be, um, you know, you're meant to get a certain amount of sleep and eat and drink a lot of water and things like that. You know, it just makes it hard because, I mean, I feel that, you know, when I've been in really, really stressful situations, it's almost like a vicious circle where I feel so bad that I eat bad and therefore I put on weight or my skin is bad because I'm not drinking enough water and things like that and there are physical aspects to it and you know I think one of the things recently and it has impacted me because and I think a lot of people in like the wider space of this idea of wellness and so it seems like a buzzword but you know what what is wellness when it I think um so yes there's wellness the buzzword the hashtag the very um lucrative industry and then there's there's wellness and and actually feeling well and I think my big beef with the former wellness the hashtag is the way that it's sort of become an extension of what we already have too much of right which is especially for listeners of this podcast sort of an ambitious career-driven um achievement addiction almost that we're always working we're always stressed we're always chasing the next thing and that does not make us well so then if we go and we extend that to the way we work out and the way we eat and we have to be we have to have perfect diets and they have to be plant-based and they can't have gluten in them and our workouts can't just be a walk or jog in the park they have to be a you know bar class that costs 30 pounds that's not wellness to me that's just more achievement and it's also expensive and unattainable for a lot of people yeah I think if it's anything that you're putting on Instagram it's not a genuine intervention to make you feel better that is a great metric it's just another (laughs) performance like you know for me it's kind of that simple if it's something that you can put on social media or are putting on social media you're doing it for the wrong reasons like it's just another way you know people who post their run times firstly anyone who doesn't run hates you there is nothing (laughs) more boring than your running time I really cannot I'm nearly crying just thinking (laughs) this is mainly going out to two people who I hope are listening (laughs) but to anyone else, it's just a kind of performative, hey, you know, look, you know, I'm doing what I'm meant to be. It's just, as he was saying, right. I couldn't agree more. It's just another way of being on. And I'm also sort of just quite a big believer in uh, ego depletion. Mm. Like the idea you have a certain amount of willpower at the start of each day. Mm. You know, different ones of us might have different amounts. You can increase it. But I call it spoons. <laughs> anything that you're doing that sort of requires, well, you know, making yourself work rather than procrastinate, making yourself... It's got to use a little bit of that up. And when the tank's empty, you know, that's when you buy a cake and sort of mainline it or drink too much or uh, don't do work. And so trying just to focus it where you want it. If Mm. you're trying to eat better, just do that and let yourself off the other stuff. If you're trying to work, you know, work less or de-stress yourself, focus on that. Right. You know, don't, you know, this thing of trying to do it all at once and, you know, create a hashtag lifestyle, hashtag brand, you know, that's when you've got to go mad. Yeah, (laughs) I've recently um, come to this sort of simple, but I think quite radical internal uh, idea, which is, um, using the what makes me using what makes me feel good as the metric for my decision. So that sounds really simple, but I think um, it's it's really radical when so much of 
our decision making is done to broadcast, to look good on Instagram, to sound like we're achieving. But if you say, hmm, actually, as you just said, I've had a long day. I'm supposed to go to this harsh workout class. I actually don't feel like doing that. I'm going to go home and take a bath or lie in child's pose on a yoga mat. And that's what I'm that's going to be my wellness today. But you can't. You the can't. only yoga pose that I can do, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think uh, that is something that is really important to tune into and figure out what that is, because very often the things that feel good are not things that um, can be commoditized or Instagram or lucrative in any way. And that that's an interesting thing to think about and tap into. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My um, my friend, Laura Thomas, she's a nutritionist and she has an amazing book coming out in January um, called Just Eat It. And she has this, she taught me this great phrase, which I adore. It's called the worried well. So it's this idea that the people who are most, um, you most associate with wellness on Instagram, they look the part, they have the matching yoga outfits, they are drinking the green smoothies. Those people are so worried inside and stressed about keeping on that track and being perfect and this just like never ending task of being well, that they're not well at all in a lot of cases. And obviously you can't speak for other everyone's mental health, but that takes a lot of energy and money and time. And it comes at the expense of other things. You know, if you spend your whole day thinking about food and where your next meal is coming from and if it's going to have the right composition of ingredients and the restrict the right things that's that's not healthy like you should not be thinking about that all day so we need to sort of I think broaden what we talk about when we talk about wellness it's not just food and exercise you know it's the your your financial situation can you afford to be taking (laughs) fitness classes that cost that much um it's our friendships it's community it's you know obviously mental health too there's there's a great um it's a viral video annoyingly but it is great and it's sort of a day in the life of an influencer and you sort of see this sort of attractive young woman get up and go and it's all accelerated and sort of spend what looks like 10 15 minutes doing mm. makeup and hair and sort of faffing and then climbing back into bed to do a just woke up selfie yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you know sort of goes out to lunch and changes table three times to find one with the right light and you know get this delicious thing and then spend so long photographing it that it's cut stone cold and so she doesn't eat any of it and so but it sort of freezes on the snaps each time on what the insta would be oh amazing uh, and so you sort of would have this amazing day on insta and she looks completely Completely miserable and is falling out with all of her friends because she's sort of doing that. It's such a nice thing on making you think when you see these other people's perfect Insta streams. You know, when you are feeling terrible about yourself and looking at that, it's like it's all phony. 
you know, if it if it's picking you up, then good. But just don't believe it. No one, right. no one's that well. No don't allow that, that sort of to be your thrilled. metric or your goal because it's not it's not real. It's like those celebrity days. There was uh, the sort of recent one where he gets up at three and plays golf for twenty minutes oh, and all gosh. of that. But there was an amazing one at Davos where sort of you know the guy wakes up at six and then spends four hours just doing nonsense right. like his morning routine i, I actually fa- fact checked it because i went mad mad i i got a very uh, sarcastic thank you letter from the uh, comms director of davos because um, i sort of found this morning routine would have taken at least four hours 40 minutes and right. claiming it as what every successful person right. does every day i wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago saying um in response to all of these insane morning routine things that are happening right now and i think the headline is um waking up earlier is isn't great for you but it's great for capitalism or something like that <laughs> because all of these pieces do not acknowledge the fact and this goes back to what we're talking i thought about, you were subtweeting that, me when i saw that i just have to say <laughs> that getting up at four being encouraged to get up at four or five whatever to get more done and not also saying this means that you can't hang out with friends after work this means that you can't go to the gym after work because it all you have to go to bed earlier of course and everyone works till six or seven so where are these mythical hours coming from where i'm supposed to be getting stuff done like there is a cost uh, benefit analysis there and to not acknowledge that there a trade-off exists is disingenuous and just goes back to this idea that people do not use what feels good as their um, decision making for being well. I mean, also it goes against, for me, it goes against my strengths in that I have spent years, um, I mean, since being in school, honing the ability to get up, washed, dressed, right. teeth done, everything in less than 15 minutes. <laughs> no, I have worked for years to maximize the amount of sleep. Also, yes, yeah, spot the male privilege here, guys. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, <laughs> I felt someone had to call yeah, me I was out. Just like, and, oh. You know, sometimes it has to be me. Um, but, you know, I like being in bed in the morning. Like, right. you know, I don't sleep awesomely. So just that extra time and then just being able to like know that I can be from duvet to door 15 minutes and not be gross. Maybe that's your next lifestyle um, Oh, yeah, concept. from duvet to duvet door, to door yeah. 15 minutes. So available that's in all good mean. bookshops, <laughs> June 2019. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's I, I'm one of those awful people that puts on the alarm at, like, you know, 5 and then 5.10. 517 because I don't know why like I like the unevenness because that extra minute or two like makes apparently a huge difference in my an, brain an, an extra 10 would be too indulgent though, yeah exactly so but if you like an extra seven that that's all right but it feels like you know we're all on the cusp of like truly understanding like what we need to do to be that little bit more well little bit more healthy and it doesn't mean having to like you know lose loads of weight or run or or look a certain way and things like that and i do think we're getting getting to that like kind of tide change but what does it really mean then of what we can do to make ourselves more well in the wellness kind of sense i i think it's a, a lot to do with sort of what what you were, uh, what Rosie was saying she does it's it's th- try as much as you can to throw the word should out of your vocabulary mm. uh you know it doesn't matter what you should be doing what's best for you in the moment like not in a totally inconsiderate well, you know, stealing Leanna's phone would really, you know, make me... <laughs> Do not uh, touch my phone. I would not dare. Or phones. <laughs> Ooh. Get you. So maybe only have one phone would be good for your wellness. That is true, actually, <laughs> probably. But sort of throwing out that odd sense of obligation we have, you know, mm. it's that odd thing where we often have this weird asymmetrical idea. You know, let's say you're hosting a house party and someone doesn't show up. You know, friend, but... 
not the reason you're holding right. it. It's not your birthday. It's right. not anything in particular. Are you angry with them? Do you notice? Mm. You know, do you care? No, totally fine. You know, especially if they start dropping out, just going, oh, sorry, can't make it. Have a nice night kind of yeah. thing. And then we sort of, we're going to, some, we're due to go to someone else's and we feel a bit rubbish. We're tired. We know we'd much rather sort of sit and watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, you know, in the bath. Uh, this may be based on a real story. Um, <laughs> And but you get that sense of no, I really have to go. I said I go, you know, everyone will hate me. They'll be angry. They'll you sort of end up in this mad neuroticism. But we do it for so much stuff. We do, and and I think that's a really good point because I think when I I've said to some friends, yeah, I'm really into this idea. I just do what feels good. You should try it. They're like, yeah, but if I did that, I would, you know, I would never work out. I would eat pizza every day, and I would, you know, and and the fact is, you wouldn't. And and the idea that you would comes from this like very restrictive diet culture that we are all, whether we like it or not, steeped in, that you need rules and you need restriction and you need food to be or whatever uh, to be good and bad. And in fact, you don't, because if you lean into this idea that like your your body and your intuition and your levels of fatigue and energy can be a guide, then you can really, um, you can really just use that. And I, I would be willing to bet that if you ate pizza every day for a week, you'd be like, I'm really craving a stir fry now. <laughs> uh, it's a good way to make yourself want healthy food. Yeah. I, you know, it's also the thing when you have a whole bunch of rules, you know, if you are following one of these mad, you know, no gluten and, you know, you've got to eat in line with the seasons of the equinox or whatever, you know, they, sort of, they seem to be so needlessly convoluted. But when they're so rules based or, you know, and you must exercise for at least 26 minutes every other day, but, you know, on the off days, you must do X, Y, Z. The second you breach the rules, you tend to breach them all at once and you just give it up. Yeah. You know, because it's you've sort of made out and you might as, as well if it's this whole, alchemy whole and you've got to do, you've got to follow exactly this. It means once you're not doing it, it's easy just to abandon the whole thing. If you're actually just trying to be a bit sensible and listen to yourself and kind of, you know, you know, think about small W wellness. If you have a day where you sort of slob out and you you skip your thing or you have a really unhealthy, you know, sometimes we want KFC and, you know, and you do that, you can go, well, I did that. That was fine. And kick back into Tomorrow your I'm not going to do yeah. that. <laughs> and you haven't sort of broken some magic spell. You haven't right. broken a ritual. And so you don't have that ability to just give up everything at once. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things like I felt like as I've got older and, you know, not necessarily wiser, but more aware, I would say, of things and trying to actually enact on it is actually that whole thing of not going all or nothing. Like I am kind of still an all or nothing person when it comes to some things. But, you know, one of the biggest things is especially when it comes to health, it's like, well, you know, if have all this food, like, you know, and if you try and stick to a diet or you stick to a certain thing or I have to run 10k a day and if I miss one session I go like oh can't be bothered this week might as well I might as well then have junk food because I you know it's it's been very hard to like kind of break that cycle and I think the one good thing is like uh, me or other people being more aware that it doesn't have to be like that and it's little things so even just like long walks like even having a walk that day that may be an extra 15 minutes has done me a world of good and I think that is an area that can start making that difference in yeah. wellness in, in work as well though sort of turning off the all or nothing there's nothing like actually doing something part-time to really force you to do that because 
know, I work freelance because, uh, you know, write mainly write books and do articles. But sometimes for a few months, I'll take on a big project, which means doing two or three days a week in an office, in an organization. And if you're doing two days a week, you've actually got to be pretty militant to stick to it, especially, you know, it's not a laziness thing. It's that you have other stuff to do on the other three days. It's not your only job. And if you start bringing work home or just dropping in for a meeting on your off day or doing this, you suddenly realize you're doing three and a half days work and being paid for two. Mm -hmm. It really focuses your mind and it gets a lot easier to say no or, oh, you'll have to push that to next Monday. Or, and it's really quite healthy. Like I think when I go back into a full-time staff job, I'm hoping I can keep some of that because it's not about being obstructionist or unhelpful. It's just they and you have agreed you work X days. Right. And yeah. so it's about actually both of you keeping up that side of the deal. And if you didn't keep that side of the deal and you didn't turn up, you would definitely hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, if I try and just do one day a week, right. they're going to have words. So if they try and get me to do three. Yeah. And I think, too, um, when I was freelance for a really long time um, before I started at Quartz, and um, I think what I've learned from working in offices, you know, if a lot of companies, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners' companies, our listeners, have uh, programs and and uh, policies and and sort of wellness minded things that encourage people to, to to look after themselves and but that doesn't mean people use them right so those policies can exist but then they you know not everyone takes their holiday and, and what have you so I think a culture shift that needs to happen in work in general is that those things be used and um, that it be a problem and this is more of an American thing but it'd be a problem that you don't take your allotted vacation time because that means means that, again, you're doing more than what you're paid for, which is sort of a mad thing to be doing. And, you know, if if someone says, hey, you've had uh, something happen in your personal life, why don't you take a day off? Don't be a hero and be like, no, no, I'm fine. Like, take the day off because that's what your company is allowing for you to do. It's in a former job. I won't name the employer. This will seem wild to any U.S. listeners, but I had I had accumulated beyond what I could save up and put to the next year, 38 paid days off or loo days. And they didn't remind me or notify me wow. until a week before they literally would just be thrown away. And so that's literally two months work. Uh, and oh. so I did two and, and they just vanished. Wow. They, you know, no compensation for it. You don't get the time, you don't carry it over. And so, you know, at that point, yeah, you're pretty much working like a dog to right. bring you around. Like you are, <laughs> right. that, that is two months free work. And like any one of us who can think of two months salary and just go, yeah, that's fine to throw away. Right. And like it only, it took me thinking of two months salary rather than, mm. oh, I could have done so much with that time. Right. It was when I thought of two months salary where I was like, what on earth have I just done? Yeah. So, and like, it's weird that we have, you know, because I think, Others of us work that way too. And mm. until you think of it in the money, it's like, wow. Right. But that is what your time is worth. If you that don't use your holiday time, you're working for free. Yeah. And I think like that's a really good point on the financial side. Like when we also think about, you know, this wellness and health, and as you pointed out a little bit earlier as well, Rosie, about, you know, having that financial check, I think that makes a huge difference as well in terms of our wellness. Because if we start also thinking about our time is literally money as well, um, financial issues or financial things like that does affect mental health a lot. And mm. it does, you know, cause so much stress. And like if, if you can afford it as well, thinking of your time as money, which 
which is easier when you're freelance because it literally is. Yeah. Mm. It's sort of quite useful, you know, sort of if people ask me sort of to go out of town to do a talk or something, I kind of have to go, well, that's a day I could be earning money. So unless you can pay, right. I can't do it. But it's also stuff like, you know what? I really hate cleaning my house. Uh, it takes me ages. I'm bad at it. Um, and so sort of thinking of, hang on, that takes you three hours a week. Look at what getting a cleaner who, because they're competent, can do it in two hours. Um, mm. Is that less? It's like, well, okay, do some extra work, pay for that. And like, you know, that makes my life a lot better. And if I wasn't just thinking of, is my time worth this money? Uh, I wouldn't have done it. And actually, it's mad that that was the reason. Right. But I really like having that. That's my treat. You know, other people might have, you know, exactly sort of subscriptions to something or a social... I really like, you know, I, I, work, I work in my house. So it being nice and me not having to do it is just the best treat for me. Yeah, I think that speaks to a, a broader point, um, both with work and, and sort of life in general, that um, if you're thinking about how to be well... Um, and you're you're getting a in your head a, li- a checklist of things that you need to add to what you're already doing. Reverse that and think: How can I be well by doing less? So um, making more time to to do to exercise can mean, or go for a walk or what have you, can mean com- committing to fewer things. Um, making more time for rest can mean that you can perform better at work in eight hours rather than the you know. T- 10 or 11 hours you're doing. I have a a really good yoga teacher um, who says that resting takes practice. So we're not very good at it in our culture and especially in our sort of career-driven culture because it's not rewarded at all. So you have to like teach your body how to rest. And um, uh, I think there's many ways to do that. Obviously yoga is uh, a really good one, but um, I I really love that idea that (laughs) this, this seemingly simple thing is a thing we've kind of forgotten how to do yeah there's I'm that's exact um that exact point is one of the things that I've found as being like a key to a lot of the wellness stuff as well is like time poverty and actually allowing yourself to relax and I think um recently I I was you know I feel very honored that I managed to get a bit of a time but I I met a very amazing CMO who agreed to do like a little bit of a mentor session with me and um, when she gave me this piece of advice that I've thought about so much and she says that you know we can't do everything all the time or do it well because you if you stretch yourself too thin you're going to do things a lot sloppy so each day you've got to ask yourself um, there's five things and you can only pick three of them and you have to stick to those are your priorities and those five things is sleep um health so that could mean like exercising eating well work family and friends Hmm. and so for instance i was just like instantly like well sleep is off the table anyway (laughs) every single time so i got thought yeah exactly (laughs) haha health well and then like family yes friends and then work but what i thought was really good is that really got myself to adjust and allow myself to realize that one the you know, the not should have, or I should do something, not that I have to do everything or nothing. And also the um, allowing myself to relax. And then also being aware that, yes, today I am prioritizing work and I am prioritizing friends, but I may not be prioritizing family or um, or my sleep today. But then at the weekend, maybe reverse it, prioritize sleep, prioritize self. And I do feel like a bit different from that because I've been more conscious 
of those things. Right. So it, it reminds me of a uh, Parks and Rec quote, because Parks and Rec is where I get almost all my wisdom <laughs> from. Um, but there's a Ron Swanson thing, and he sort of just goes... He's also uh, a hero, by the way. So, oh, Ron Swanson, the greatest of men. Uh, <laughs> don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one. <laughs> yes. That is so true. So, I mean, like, we've had an amazing chat, and we do have to wrap up soon. So I would say the last thing I'd... I'd ask is that from all our listeners that have listened to our awesome conversation is, you know, what would you say in a nutshell would be like your tips that people can take away today? What would be like the three things that you would give advice on to kickstart maybe being more aware or, uh, of their health or wellness in their life? Um, I think sort of summarize you know think of stuff you can stop doing or like outsource <laughs> don't just go i should add this and add this and add because that's what almost all of this is um be that little bit more selfish you know not in the worst way but just kind of think actually what works for me what you know rather than feeling obliged to do everything and you know maybe just occasionally work your like allotted hours rather than beyond <laughs> them yeah i think um it, choose what you're gonna do whole ass as we're saying on this podcast <laughs> and then and then underachieve elsewhere like don't try and overachieve in every oh, area of I your get life. anxiety just hearing it, like underachieve it, elsewhere exactly <laughs> well you need to examine that Liana to be well so just don't <laughs> don't try and overachieve in every area of your life it will make you crazy and it won't work um and also just rest more well, that's a lovely note to end on, but uh, thank you very much. And thank you everyone at home for listening. And don't forget, you can find show notes, helpful articles under the work and management channel on uk.finance.yahoo.com. And if you liked this episode, please rate, subscribe and tell your friends about us. And while you're at it, download the Yahoo Finance app for unparalleled access to data and alerts on the go. Yahoo Finance presents It's a Jungle Out There. Produced by Liana Brinded and Caitlin Mercer. Recorded, edited, and mixed by Lolita Laguna. And music by Gregory Moore. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.